you're a fan of Excellence Expected, and you already know the power of podcasting. You know that it's second to none in building trust. You know that it's second to none in engaging with an audience. And you know that it can help you to create a tribe of loyal fans for your small business. Today, I'd like to introduce you to a company called The Podcast Host, created by my great friend, Mr. Colin Gray. A company that helps anyone, including you, to start their own show. Whether you want to learn to craft fantastic audio through their online courses or actually let them take care of the entire process with their end-to-end production services, all you need to do is do the presenting, send them your plain, mistake-filled audio, and they will do the rest. There is no technical knowledge required at all on your behalf. And, because Colin and I get along so well, I've secured an amazing deal for you as a listener of Excellence Expected that is going to give you a huge 50% off your first month. So head to thepodcasthost.com forward slash excellence and use the code EXEX to take advantage today. Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 welcome to Excellence Expected with me, Mr. Mark Asquith from the Vale of London in England. Now, this is another solo show. I'd like to just give a little bit of thanks, actually, before we uh, before we dive into this, to Mr. Dave Johnson, one of the fantastic podcast websites members and a listener of Excellence Expected, who I did a survey a while ago and David actually got in touch with me and let me know that he would love more solo episodes. So I put the idea out to a few other people and sure enough, people like solo episodes. So thank you, Dave. Always good to catch up. Always good to chat. Can't wait until the next time we get to do that. And thank you so much for this feedback. It's, it's always valuable, you know. One of the fun things actually about creating a podcast, and if, if any of you guys listening out there are thinking about, you know, should I create a podcast? They seem to be everywhere. Let me just tell you, let me just digress a little bit. They are fantastic for building friendships. Regardless of all the business that comes with it, regardless of all the connections and the networks from a professional perspective, let me just tell you, they are fantastic for forging friendships. And the reason I mention that is, of course, because of Dave and not only that, but everyone else that I've met through podcasting. So if you are thinking about it, just get started. You know, the barrier to creating your own show has never, ever, ever been lower. You can start something so quickly and so, so easily. So check it out if you are thinking about it. Do dive in there. But let's move on to the topic at hand today. The issue that I'm going to define, challenge and conquer is how to deal with opportunity. And actually, the one simple question that will make every business decision easier. And actually, I think every decision in your life is not necessarily just business that I'm here to talk about today. So let me just frame this a little bit. As entrepreneurs and business people, Ideas are easy. You know, we had Simon Bilcliffe on the show a while ago who said that ideas are cheap. It's actually executing them that is really, really difficult. And if you have an entrepreneurial mind, if you have a mind that's got a propensity to just wander and you're naturally inquisitive and actually you're kind of ballsy, you know, you, you see a problem and you think, Do you know what? I could probably solve that if I just did these little things or if I created a product or if I did something or I could help these people with this problem. And 
you know, to, to quote Chris Ducker, as entrepreneurs, all we are is problem solvers, which is, you know, there's never a truer word has been spoken. And the problem that generally brings is that we get this shiny object syndrome. I <laughs> used to get it so much and I still get it today, but I actually, you know, I kind of know how to deal with it a little bit more. But we get this shiny object syndrome. And what I mean by that is that opportunity knocks very, very frequently. And very often we say yes to it for whatever reason, whether it's a genuine business idea or whether we feel obligated to say yes or whether we're just too nice to say no. The ultimate is that we do end up saying yes to a lot of things that take our time and very often don't necessarily pan out the way we wanted them to. You know, I mean, how many times can you think of an idea that's crossed your desk or crossed your mind and especially something from the outside, a joint venture perhaps that's, that's landed on your desk and on paper it looks all right. On paper, it looks fine. It seems like a really good idea. It seems like there's a problem. And, you know, we dive in and we, we, we create a business and we build something that doesn't work. And very often we forget to validate this. You know, we don't ask the right questions of the right people. We don't follow the right kind of processes to validate whether the idea is right. And what that leads to is time taken away from our core objective. And our core objective will change. You know, yours is very different from mine. Mine's very different from David's. Mine's very different from a wife's, from a family's. But ultimately, we've all got our own goals and objectives. And if you if you say yes to everything, a percentage of those things will get you towards that destination. And a few things out of that list will take you away from that destination. And it's very important to, to kind of realize how to deal with this, how to work with opportunity, how to say to yourself, well, actually, how can I fairly assess this? And let me just preface that with, when I say fairly assess, what I mean is not digging into a business and testing the assumptions. So, you know, it's like you create a new business, you follow the lean startup method, you create a series of experiments to test your biggest assumptions. If your assumption is that we are solving this problem, you have to create a series of experiments to validate that and to make sure that your assumptions aren't just assumptions. Then, of course, you need to make sure people are willing to buy this thing. You need to make sure that people are willing to actually refer you, to work with you on an ongoing basis. Do you have a business there? And just as a small side note on that, there's a fantastic book out there. Of course, The Lean Startup, Eric Reese is a superb book. But check out The Mom Test by Rob Fitz. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Check out The Mom Test by Rob Fitz. It will get you into the mindset of being able to quickly validate and test ideas using a specific type of questioning. Really, really fantastic book. And I think every entrepreneur, everyone in business, everyone who has an interest in creating something, should read that mom test by Rob Fitz. Check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Don't worry too much about remembering it now, but the mom test. So at this point, you know, when we get to the point of being able to validate an idea, we are already in the business. We are already committed to, let's assume for the purpose of this episode that a joint venture has come our way. We're already committed to pursuing that joint venture to a degree far enough down the line that we are willing to ask the questions. But the thing is that we don't necessarily do ourselves as entrepreneurs is we don't take a step before that. We jump straight from, hey, listen, I've got an idea. Do you want to come in with me? Straight to, yeah, sure. Let's validate the idea against some customers. But what about mom testing ourselves? What about validating it against ourselves? And the risk that we face if we don't do that is that we can get caught up in the emotion. We can get caught up in the lust and the excitement of an exciting business idea. Because let's be honest, 
businesses are ten a penny. We can create businesses very quickly and easy. There's no real challenge to that anymore. Of course, you know, the challenge is in creating customers and creating a business that grows, but physically creating a business, getting yourself some business cards, doing all the stuff that makes you feel really good and important is really easy. We can all set a Twitter account up, dead simple. But that's kind of false positive, and we get to this stage too quickly sometimes. I, I, I've, you know, I can think of examples myself where I've, I've, <laughs> I've just dove straight in and said, yeah, of course, let's try this. Oh, God, you know, it takes so much time. It takes a lot of effort. You dive into something that's not necessarily right for you, or maybe it is right for you, but it's just the wrong time. And, you know, ultimately, we just, we just, we just say things because we want, we want to be part of something. And as I say, the excitement can get the better of us. You know, we can fall in lust with this business idea and even sometimes not see that the idea is not a great idea. And, the problem with that is that we can pat ourselves on the back for so long until we realise that this was the wrong move for us. And just to be clear on this point, just because something is making money, just because something is a viable business, it still doesn't mean that this is the right move for us. Because what if that business earns, I don't know, let's say 50% of what you are earning already. So let's assume you're on 100k a year, you're bringing in 100k per year. You create a brand new business and you from that earn 50k per year. But that business takes up 100% of your time. Is that a success? Well, perhaps on paper it looks like a success. I'm personally earning 50k a year from this. But actually, look at what it's doing to my time. It's taking 80% of my time, which means that my 100k business <laughs> suddenly becomes a 20k business. So I net out at 70k. You know, and that, that's a very wild example, but the point that I'm trying to make is that it's not always easy to judge things on the face, you know, the book by covers, but it's not always easy to judge things on a set of accounts. It's not always easy to judge things based on the day-to-day. You need to look at your whole life, and I spoke about this in the productivity optimization episode. You need to look at your whole life as one. Don't silo your projects out. You need to look and say, okay, I want to work, let's say, typically standard, 35, 40 hours per week. And in that time, I want to generate £300,000 or $300,000 per year. What do I need to do that? And if 100% or 80% of your time is spent earning that 50 grand, which looks like a great idea and is actually a viable business because it's earning 50 grand for you per year, why bother doing it? Why bother doing it? Because it's a false positive. You know, it's not something that is is the right move for you. Because your 80% of time is worth so much more than that. You want to generate £300,000, $300,000. 80% of that time is worth significantly more than 50 grand. And I think that's a bit of a challenge, you know. I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fear of missing out on that where you know, we we come up with an idea or we get faced with a joint venture opportunity and we can see that this will make some money. And if we say no to this, we may miss out on something huge. We may miss out on something huge. That's what we're afraid of. Because what if this does well? What if this does really well? I passed it up. I passed the opportunity up. And, you know, the challenge I think with that is, It's about being happy in yourself. It's about being happy in your own skin. It's about saying that this is what success looks like to me. 
And if this person goes off and I say no to this joint venture and this person goes off and turns this into a billion dollar Uber business, congratulations, well done. That's really good. I'm really pleased for you. But do you know what success to me looks like this? And this is what I'm going to pursue. This is my ultimate goal. This is what I want. And actually your plan doesn't fit into that. Your joint venture that you've faced me with just doesn't fit into that for whatever reason, for whatever reason. And I think it's a, a thing that really pe- people that have got an entrepreneurial spark really struggle with. Again, it's back to that shiny object, object syndrome. But I think there's this big challenge where entrepreneurs generally feel like they have to be doing a lot of things. You know, I, I certainly used to, I think I used to feel this perhaps myself when I was in my early 20s, maybe. I can't remember that far back. I'm getting old, you know. Dave, if you're listening, I think my brain's going, man, I'm getting old. But I can't remember back to my early 20s in this context. And But I'm sure there was something around, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. This seems cool. Entrepreneurs have lots of things. They have lots of businesses. But what's the point if none of them are making money or none of them fit into your bigger picture? None of them take you any step closer to your ultimate goal. And I had a realisation, actually, a few years ago. I'm going to tell you a story. I had a realisation a few years ago. So the reason that I set up in business, and I think I mentioned this on a few episodes of other people's podcasts that I've guested on, my big goal, my ultimate goal in life when I was maybe 28 was to get to the point where I could have children without anyone telling me that I couldn't pick those children up from school I couldn't go to their football practice. I couldn't go watch them in a school play because I had to be at work. That was my ultimate goal. Imagine that, a manager telling you, listen, okay, I know that it's your kid's choir practice. I know that it's your kid's prom. I know that it's your kid's party, but I need you here. You know, you've got work to do. This is your job. You need to be here. I would have hated that. That was my ultimate goal. That was my ultimate point of success was that I didn't want that wasn't the money. You know, money, we can we can work wherever we want, depending on the type of pressure that we want to undertake. We can work where we want to to earn money. But it's what do you want from life? And I realised when I got to about 29, maybe a touch older, maybe 30. You know, I once told someone I was 27 by accident. When I was 30, I, I, I my brain had completely gone into this stasis mode, I remember it vividly, sorry I digress, but it's a funny story, I was at a, a business event and someone said to me, do you know Mark, how old are you, how old are you, I said I'm 27, and then I said to the guy, actually do you know what, I'm not, I'm, I'm lying to you, I'm, I'm coming up to 29, and then I went home and told told Mrs A, I said do you know what, I told this chap that I was, I was 27 by accident, just didn't realise that I was coming up to 29. And she says, well, you know, you're not coming up to 29. You're coming up to 30, don't you? <laughs> and it's at that point that I realised that all the stories my parents told me that time flies as you get older. It's that, that's the point that I started believing them. So sorry, mum, you are right. Um, anyway, I digress. Success looks different to different people. And when I got to 29, I realised that I'd achieved that level of success. I realised that actually I'd created a business in Hacksaw, the agency, that allowed me that flexibility. I'd achieved my goal. And I only realised that when I got to the point that I was thinking, why am I, why am I bored? Why am I restless? 
why am I searching for something else? Is it because I don't like the work I'm doing? Is it because I've grown bored of Hacksaw? Is it, is it something else? And the truth was I'd not grown bored of Hacksaw. I'd not grown bored of the work I was doing, actually. Subconsciously, I realised that I'd achieved what I'd set out to achieve, which was really, really startling, you know? And I had to then reassess and say, okay, what's my next ultimate goal? What do the next 10 years look like for me? Where do I want to be in 10 years? And the reason I did that was so that I could just ask this one simple question. When an opportunity comes, when an opportunity knocks, when a joint venture crosses your desk, you need to be able to ask one question. One question. And the question is really simple. By saying yes to this joint venture, by saying yes to this opportunity, by saying yes to this, in the long term, does it take me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? By saying yes to this, does it take me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? Because everything's a journey, everything's a path. We're on a path to our ultimate goal all of the time. And what we need to understand is that there are different ways to get to that ultimate goal. You know, let's, let's assume it's a destination for now, you know. There are different ways to get here, different paths we can take, different journeys we can take, different routes, you know, nothing's set in stone. So, but we need to be able to validate ourselves, just like we'd mom test our customers, just like in a marketplace model, we'd mom test and validate our suppliers. We have to understand that we need to validate ourselves. And that's something that we really, really struggle with. And the only way to do that is to be really, really honest and say, well, by saying yes to this, does it take me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? Regardless of the path that's, that it puts me on, it may be an industry that you've never, ever been in before. But if my goal is financial freedom, is there enough time versus return on that time investment that will take me one step closer to financial freedom without impacting anything else negatively? If the answer is no then it's a very simple decision. The decision becomes really simple. It's just a no. And you can be really confident that you've said no for the right reasons. You're not saying no for the wrong reasons. You're not stepping away from something just because, well, I don't feel like it's the right time. You know, that old cliche. Yeah, yeah it's just not the right time for me. That's rubbish. There would never be a right time for anything. Never a right time. If you lose your job, you get made redundant and you start a business, was that the right time? Well, of course it was, but you didn't choose to be made redundant. So there's never a right time. So what happens if we don't ask this question? Well, I, I worry about this. It sounds so serious. I worry about this because I, and I worry for myself. I worry for you guys because I, I think there's a real, there's a real regret factor. And, you know, myself and Adam were talking about this. You know, Adam Farah from a, a previous episode is my co-founder as at today of cavalry and we, we speak about regret and you know we don't regret really anything but I, I think regret is a really strong word and I think there's a very strong chance that if you say no to something based on arbitrary feelings not a gut feeling but an arbitrary feeling of you know I just don't have time for this which is something like fear disguised as as a gut feeling or something like worry disguised as a gut feeling unless we validate that unless we stop that arbitrary decision-making, we may regret that decision. You know, if the joint venture that lands on your desk does become the next Uber or the next WhatsApp or the next Instagram or the next Snapchat, 
Do we regret that? Because we didn't validate it properly. Whereas if we ask ourselves this one simple question, by saying yes to this, does it take me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? By simply saying that question to ourselves and fairly assessing it, if the answer is no, at that time, it still has to be a no. And when this becomes the next Uber, turns over its billionth dollar, its billionth pound, floats on the stock exchange, has an IPO, we can successfully say to ourselves, well, do you know what? I kind of wish I'd have been a part of that just for the journey, but at the time, I can honestly say that this wouldn't have taken me any closer to my ultimate su success. And here I am, I've been successful. I'm happy with this. This was my picture of it. There's no jealousy. There's no envy. There's no regret because we validated it against ourselves. So it's really important, I think, to just have a metric. You know, what's the key thing that we measure in our lives? And can we ask that question of it? And if we can, we should always ask that question. We should always validate the ideas. So really insightful when I sort of learned that about myself. You know, I, I found it really interesting because I was one of those guys that just took opportunity and was ooh, ooh shiny, shiny. I'm going to be doing this. You know, I, I pride myself on, on, on the things that I take to market. I pride myself on the ideas that I turn into things that make money and help people. And, you know, we are in business to make money. We're in business to create things that help people that, that we get paid for. There's no doubt about that. And we should all pride ourselves in creating those things. But there's no harm in saying no. And I was startled when I realized that this question's so easy. You've just got to be true to yourself. You've got to understand what you want. So let me give you some actionable tips, guys. You know, Excellence Expected is all about the action. It's all about the action. That's a new song. Let me give you some tips that I think will really help. So actionable tip number one. Actionable tip number one to help you deal with opportunity. Tip one is for you to have a very clear plan of where you want to be, not in three or five years, but in 10 or 20. What is your ultimate goal? And I've spoke about this on Periscope. You know, you've got to create stepping stones to that ultimate goal, but you need to know what that is. Is it financial freedom? Is it to go and drop your kids off and pick them up on an evening without anyone telling you what to do? Is it to be a billionaire? Is it to earn five million pounds? Is it to buy an island? Is it to have your own jet? Is it just for someone that you admire to know your name? What is your ultimate goal? Don't look over the fence, set your own goal. What is your ultimate goal? Actionable tip one, get your ultimate goal down and be aware that this might change in the future because do you know what? With some drive and ambition, you may get to that ultimate goal much quicker than you thought you could. What is your ultimate goal? Actionable tip number two, never say no to listening to an idea. Never turn down the pitch. Get the facts. So what I mean by this is the instant thing that we will all say when someone says, do you fancy having a look at this with me, Mark? Do you fancy this is an idea that I've got? Ah, oh, do you know what? I'm sorry, Adam. I've not got time for this. Why have you not got time? Well, you know, I'm, I'm just busy. I've got a couple of busy days. You know, you're thinking too micro. Go get a beer. Go get a coffee. Go get a sandwich. Chicken club sandwich from the pantry in Barnsley. If you are ever... In Barnsley, I'm going to take you for a chicken club from the pantry. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Go out and listen for 30 minutes and listen to the idea and then validate it against yourself. Don't skip over the pitch. Let someone tell you what they envis envision. Envision? Envisage? I 
I cannot talk. This is terrible. For a podcast host, not knowing the word envisage is terrible. <laughs> Listen to the pitch, guys. Don't turn anything down just because you feel busy or under pressure. So tip number two is never say no to listening. Always, always, always listen to the pitch and get the facts. And then tip number three is validate this against yourself. Ask yourself the one simple question that will make every business decision easier, which is as follows. By saying yes to this, does it take me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? Once more, by saying yes to this, does it take me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? And by asking ourselves this, we can truthfully say that we have validated it against the ultimate goal that we have set. We can set both sides of that. We can ask the question of the goal that we have set. And we can be true to ourselves. We can be honest with ourselves on that one. So ask that question and stick to it. You know, stick to it. If you feel in your gut that you've answered that question honestly and truthfully, then stick to it. You're not doing anything wrong. No matter what people tell you, ooh, you know, that seems like a good idea. Well, yeah, it does, but it's not right for me right now. It takes me down a different path. It takes me backwards. It takes me back. It means that I've got to put too much time into this, which means that the other things I do will suffer. But on the flip side, if the answer is yes, well, do you know what, actually? If I did do this, I suppose I could free up 10 hours a week by shuffling a few things around. Maybe I could earn 500k a year from doing this by hiring someone for 25k to do some of this more menial admin work that takes 10 hours of my time up. Get the facts and ask the question. So really, really useful, guys. You know, I, I think it's important to, to understand that it's okay to ask this kind of thing of yourself. You don't have to say yes to everything. And despite what people tell you, you don't have to say no to everything. You know, we, we're all fans of the Gary Keller book, uh, Find Your One Thing. The one thing is the book, but the notion is to find your one thing every single day that will take you close to your goal. And this is sort of a play on that, you know, by saying yes to this, does it take me close to or further away from my ultimate goal? And there's a whole acronym around focus, follow one course until, until success. And, you know, I, I used to misunderstand that. I used to, I used to think that that meant that you can only ever do one thing really well. And I, I misunderstood that, and that's not what that's saying. What it's saying is, follow this one course until it's successful. And then if you want to find another course, focus on that course and make that successful. So, you know, if, if you want to become a multiple entrepreneur, if you want to build multiple revenue streams, multiple businesses, focus on one until it makes you money, and then put a team in place that allows you to step to the second thing that's going to make you money, and then put a team in place there, and then move to the third thing. But before you can do any of that, you have to understand, is this right for you? Is this right for you? So just to recap these three tips then, guys. Number one, have a very clear plan of where you want to be, not in three or five years, but in 10 or 20. What is your ultimate goal? Tip number two, never say no to listening to an idea. Never turn the pitch down. Always get the facts. And then number three, after you've done that, Ask yourself the one simple question that will make every business decision easier. By saying yes to this, does it take me closer to or further away from my ultimate goal? I hope that really, really helps because as an entrepreneur, you're going to find things ramp up. The more you become successful, the more you pitch yourselves as a brand, the more content you create, the more podcasts you guest on, 
the more blogs you write, the more opportunities are going to come across your desk. And you need a mechanism for filtering those out. You need a mechanism. So please, I hope that helped. Now, if you've got any questions, if you've got any ideas, if you've got anything that you want to feed back on, hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Asquith. And you can always head over to excellence-expected.com for a copy of the show notes, a link to the mom test by Mr. Robert Fitz, and all sorts of other things that I've mentioned during uh, during this episode, including a recap of all the tips, of course, and a nice social image that you can download and you can tweet and you can play with. You can even print it out like my great friend Ramona Rice has done with a couple of the quotes, put them on her wall in her office. So if you want any of that cool stuff, head to excellence-expected.com. And just a little parting shot, actually, that I should tell you guys about. I'm actually going to be speaking at New Media Europe this year in London Town, which is the biggest new media conference in Europe. It's a fantastic, fantastic weekend full of amazing speakers, amazing panels, amazing booths and gifts and takeaways and swag and amazing networking opportunities for anyone that is in podcasting, blogging, video production, anything new media. So that's in London. Look out for some tickets going on sale very, very soon. And you can just do a quick Google search for New Media Europe. I'd love to see you there. There's no ulterior motive to this. This is not an affiliate. I'm not going to make any money, but I'm going to lay the gauntlet down and say, if I see you there, I will buy you a drink, whether that's a pint, whether that's a nice whiskey, or whether that is some other tipple that takes your fancy. I'd love to spend some time getting to know you and buying you a drink. Maybe we'll eat as well. So, New Media Europe, guys, check it out. Run by the fantastic Mike and Isabella Russell. Check it out. Fantastic people, fantastic network, and it's just going to be such, such a good event. And I'll also see you guys at Podcast Movement, where, as podcast websites, we are going to have a fantastic booth with some amazing swag. So, check it out, Podcast Movement and New Media Europe. And don't forget, as I said, everything at excellence-expected.com. And if you like the show, let me know. Let me know, please. I'd love to know your feedback on these solo shows. What can I improve? What can I help you with? What can I do differently? What can I do better? What can I What can I give you that is going to benefit you and your business? So please, please, please do reach out. Either get in touch on the contact form or just hit me up on Twitter, you know, at Mr. Asquith. And I'm on the Facebook as well. Everyone's on the Facebook, aren't they? Everyone likes cat pictures on Facebook. So yeah, please, please, please do reach out. And until next time, guys, thank you for spending 30 minutes of your life with me and my silly Northern English accent. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Catch you later, guys. Bye-bye.